You're listening to the Della Darling Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Dara. We're taking Dara's love of telling people's stories, Emily's love of attending events, and our mutual love of the first date, and highlighting the best people to meet, places to go, and things to do that Delaware has to offer. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited. I'm here in the studio with Dara, and we have such a great episode planned. Last time we talked to you guys, we were with Amy Bish, who is known as That Pie Girl. And I have to say, she brought us a delicious pie, and she inspired some really great pie making for my Thanksgiving. She did for me as well, Em. I, uh, I made a pumpkin pie, and the crust was much less painful because of her tips her tips i'm so glad i um i have to admit to you so i made two pies over thanksgiving one was a pumpkin pie and i did that because i wanted my mom to have a dessert at thanksgiving because pretty much you know when most people at an event are not eating Mm gluten-free it can be hard to find a dessert so I wanted to make her a pumpkin pie she could eat. So they actually have gluten-free pie shells um, in the freezer section at Trader Joe's. And I thought, you know what, for $2.99, I'll try this out. This is going to be super easy. And so I did, I bought a couple of them, um, and I had a total pie baking fail. Now, I've made pumpkin pies before, but I had a couple of issues. One, my evaporated milk that I pulled out of my cabinet I thought was just a leftover from last year, which would be fine because it's a canned good and they have a decent mm-hmm. shelf life. But then after I opened it, um, it was rank. Oh my god! And I had already dumped it in. Oh. I know, and it turned out it was from 2015 and had expired. So double check your canned goods. That's that's tip number one. Tip number two: the Trader Joe's gluten free pie shells are very 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 shallow. So they come in like the foil, um, and I my I had about twice as much pumpkin pie filling as would fit in one of the shells, but I didn't really gauge that very well, and it just turned into like a pumpkiny mess, and it didn't bake right. It was it was really it was not good. But I also made an apple pie, and that was very good. So I do have to admit that even though the end result of my pie baking was delicious and deemed the superior pumpkin pie at the party. Um, it was a road that was difficult because I was traveling, so I made the mix before I hit the road um, with a rolling pin. In oh, you made your dough. I made the dough, yeah. Okay. Um, Wait, you made the dough in Delaware. I made the dough in Delaware. And then you transported the dough with you on the train to New York City, and then from New York City to Connecticut? Yes. And then you made the pie in Connecticut. No, I made the pie in New York you City. made the pie in New York, and then you transported the pie via train to what a you know that's what is what a dough story well i also when i was mixing up the dough with my mom before i left because i we we made pie together we didn't have thanksgiving together um i accidentally like tripled the salt in the recipe (gasps) so now you had to make three pies so well we we have like three batches of pie mix so there will be more pies i'll I'll bring you a pie sometime oh that would be great i do love pie yeah um because we're talking about sort of what we ate at Thanksgiving, I drank some wine, as as I do at all family holiday gatherings. And I just want to point out we're actually drinking wine tonight. Mm-hmm. It is not local, but it is delicious. Um, and I did get it from a local liquor store, the one in um, Pike Creek, next to the Pike Creek Acme. Delicious. I believe it's called Valley Liquors. Um <laughs> But we're drinking just an Apothic Crush, but we're drinking them out of our little Delaware home glasses, which we'll, we'll post on the Insta, of course. And we used our Delaware Wine Stopper, which, incidentally, our guest for the evening gave to me. Oh, isn't that a nice little tease? It is. So we'll be excited to share everything about him coming up. But I think other than Thanksgiving, we wanted to check in on what we've been up to. I've been traveling a bit the past two weeks, um, although now I'm, I'm in Delaware for a bit, not planning on going anywhere. Um, but I had to go to Boston um, for work and also to visit family uh, the week before Thanksgiving. And of course, Delaware is never far from me in my travels. 
Um, I met a woman at the Philadelphia airport who was coming from Alabama to go home to Pike Creek for the holidays. And she was very excited about going to Price's Corner to do some tax-free shopping. And then while I was in Boston with my family, um, I was relaxing, but it turns out that my family loves watching the Valerie Bertinelli cooking show. Not because she's from Delaware. Who doesn't love Valerie Bertinelli's cooking show? It was the first time that I'd seen it. It's not on all the time. I don't think she's as popular as some of the other chefs, like Giada. But you know what? I love her. So I thought that she's, she's a celebrity who is a chef, as opposed to a celebrity chef. And, like, I think if you're watching her, you're more likely a Valerie Bertinelli fan than, like, a, a, a cuisine fan. No, I can totally get that. But I, I have done one or two of her recipes mm-hmm. before. I think her recipes are generally pretty good. Um, and I think that she has a better personality than a lot of the other chefs. Well, I think that she did a really good job of filling her role in that, like, she's Valerie Bertinelli, so you, there's some friendliness to her. You feel like she's your girlfriend. You can trust her. And she did a really nice job of defining what she was doing, whereas, like, if you're watching, like, Giada or a Barefoot Contessa, it's like, now I'm going to braise this, and now I'm going to do this other cooking term that maybe and you what, know, what, maybe you what don't. what in the world is braising? Half the time are the questions I'm asking. Well, Valerie is willing to tell you that, and she's willing to tell you what it isn't and give you examples of other things you could do. She was making some short ribs for Betty White. Mm. <laughs> you know, I wish I could be making short ribs for Betty White. <laughs> don't we all? So I looked up her cooking show, and um, the episode that I, I was watching, it had something to do with her hot in Cleveland cast members getting together um, for a girl's afternoon. Um, But then she has an episode. So she was born in Wilmington. She's from the Claymont area. And she has this episode in season seven, episode two of her her cooking show called My Delaware Days. And it says that if you want to look it up and watch it, Valerie Bertinelli and her cousin look back on their favorite childhood memories of Delaware. Valerie serves a menu of Delaware classics, like steamed clams with spicy garlic bread, lump crab cakes with cocktail sauce, sautéed spinach, chocolate peanut butter cakes, and take-home gifts of homemade apple butter. Wow, that sounds delicious, and I definitely have eaten and made most of those things. Maybe not her recipe, but others, so definitely very true to Delaware. But while I've been traveling, you've been here, and I saw you posting some photos that looked like you went to a 5K, and I know that um, you had some other holiday activities planned, so tell me what you've been up to in Delaware. It has been very busy. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I actually went to University of Delaware to the Bob to represent Bucknell at a college recruitment fair. So um, it's really it's really fun. I think you know I go to a lot of Bucknell recruiting events where I'm recruiting students to come work at my company, but this time was different because Bucknell asked me to go recruit students to come to their college. So it was really fun. I got to go with my boss because we're both Bucknell grads, and we had a really nice time just you know talking about Bucknell for a couple of hours. So I was thinking about you the other day because remember it was on episode one where we. We smelled, we experienced your homesick candle from Delaware. Yes. And now I keep getting these very targeted Instagram ads that are for homesick candles from college campuses. Oh, Syracuse has one. Yeah, they want me to know all about right. it. Right. See, Bucknell doesn't have one. They don't have one yet? No, Bucknell's very small. Well, we you're forgotten. the key. We get forgotten. You are the demographic for um, those candles. But, you know, speaking of targeted candles, there is a Joe Biden candle. I don't know that we've talked about this. I don't. We maybe have, or we maybe... I, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. We've we talked talk about it in real life. But this is a great lead-in because the Joe Biden candle is available on Etsy, but it's also available at the Delaware Historical Society. Yes, I remember reading about this in the news journal, and I think that we'd maybe seen it on social media before that, but then um, I might have even been leaving here or something, but I was listening to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR, and it was, like, in their quiz show, because they do, like, the funny right. stories of the week. Right. And it was, what item does the Delaware... It's the most museum, sold. Yeah, what do they keep selling out of? And the person just guessed, like, Joe Biden candle to be funny. And that was and the answer. Right. Yeah, you know, it's so great. Um, and I love the Delaware Historical Society. They do such a great job of really talking about the history from start to finish of, of the great state. 
And something I love about the Delaware Historical Society is how active they are on social media. And we are too. We try to make sure that we're updating you guys on what we're up to, what we have coming up for episodes, that kind of thing. But something that was really nice of them, they actually posted and shared a story about us on Facebook this week. This was maybe like the highlight of Thanksgiving. Well, maybe, okay, like it was something to be very thankful for this Thanksgiving. Not the only thing, of course, but it was a big highlight for me. It was a big highlight for me, too. You texted me in the middle of the day Wednesday. My family was at my house. I was making my pie. Dara was making pie. My family was at my house. We were watching Hallmark movies, and I got this text from Dara that said, hey, remember how we did that interview for <laughs> Technically DE? It's live! And um, we had actually met Holly all the way back at the Millennial Summit and had been trying to connect with her, and she had wanted to do a story because... The podcast was something sort of new and fun and, and obviously very sort of tech savvy and very Delaware focused. So for technically DE, it was great. And, um, you know, I always make the joke when people ask me about the podcast, if we have listeners and I say, well, based on the downloads, more than just my mother's listening and my mother doesn't listen. <laughs> she always says it's not true, but my I know mother doesn't listen. Either. I know it's true. So our mothers don't listen and people still listen. But when I, since my family was here, I said, oh my gosh, this article just went up and it was so exciting. And my mom said, even I read Technically DE. <laughs> so, so it's almost like validated this to my mother, which is exciting. And both my parents have shared it on social media, as well as, of course, we've shared it on Instagram and Twitter and our Facebook pages. So if you want to hear sort of five quick questions um, with both me and Dara, you can you can check that out on Technically DE's website, or like I said, it's all over all our social media. I think that's something you pointed out to to me or or in our conversations about it. Um, thanking Holly was like how nice it was to just take a minute and reflect, and then also hear a bit from the other person's perspective because we answered separately. So it's obvious to me how much you love Delaware, but it was really nice um, to read through your responses and uh, just see like how you think about the podcast and putting things together. Like um, your example of one of the questions asked was, "What's what's your favorite episode? Who are your favorite guests?" And I really liked how you pulled out the episode where we had um, Katrina Medoff, who's a Delaware in the wild, and then Brian Catalani, who is a Delaware transplant and to just cross those two perspectives and have kind of like one person from just like looking in and looking out in Delaware and, and all the, the paths that cross. I agree. Um, and I do, it's one of my favorite episodes. And, and part of that is we also just had such a great conversation with Katrina, such a great conversation with Ryan. Um, but I appreciated your response, which was just so cute was that <laughs> your favorite episode is who, whichever one was most recent. And I, I like that too. Um, after, after you said that, I sort of started to feel that way. Um, so it's a nice reminder that every episode is special and fun. Special. Yeah, and I think that is also a good tease for something that we're hoping to do at the end of the year. Even like this is our 2018 is the first year of the podcast, although we started in April. Um, but we've talked about doing kind of like giving some behind the scenes stats and um, bringing back some old episodes and telling people maybe, you know, what's the most listened to. Um, so just be, be listening to the podcast or watching social media and the blog to see um, some kind of some numbers and some sneak peeks. Um, and since we did sort of just mention Ryan, I actually want to, this is normally something we would say at the end, but I think it's so important. I want to bring it up at the beginning. And also this sort of goes with one of our other sort of updates of what I've been up to. So you guys know, we've talked about this a lot, that my New Year's resolution for 2018 was to run, or not run, but participate in a race every single month. And I have done 12 races so far this year, so I'm actually one race ahead of schedule, but I really would still like to do one in December just so that I have sort of at least one happened every month. But I did the MS5K in Wilmington on Thanksgiving. So it was really nice. My mom walked it, I ran it, and then I doubled back and walked sort of the last half mile to a mile with her, which was really nice. Um, and it was a great race. It benefited, obviously, the MS Society, and, and that was great. Um, but we started the year, our first real sort of Delaware darling event, we had our tank tops and we looked great, was the Delaware Charity Challenge Indoor Triathlon, which 
I dragged Dara too and our friend Gretchen, who we've mentioned numerous times and actually had on as a guest a few episodes ago. I think that episode is called Love It or List It, and we do some sort of uh, Delaware listicle trivia. So if you liked that little segment in the Thanksgiving episode, we do a much longer segment, and I think it's really fun with Gretchen. But the charity challenge is such a great event. So. Charlie Vincent is actually sort of the, the lead coordinator of the whole thing. And it's so great because they actually have a number of events throughout the year. So for any organizations that are very small and are looking to fundraise, it's a great opportunity because you can make a team and people can participate in things like a 5K or um, sort of an adventure relay race at Lums Pond or this indoor triathlon. And so last year, we actually did a little bit of fundraising for the choir school. Um, which is an organization that we love, and we're actually going to talk about it quite a bit on this episode. But this year, we're actually partnering with um, Family Promise of Newcastle County. So you guys will remember that Ryan Catalani, as we said, was on an episode earlier this year. And so when I said, hey, this is something I want to participate in again because it's really fun and I had a great time with my friends, Ryan immediately texted me and said, oh my gosh, I've been hoping somebody would do a team that might be interested in partnering and raising money for Family Promise. So, you know, do you guys think that's something you want to do? And we were so excited because it's such a great organization and we love um, supporting these small charities. Again, Family Promise, I think, only has four to five full-time employees and they do a lot of really great work here in Delaware. And it's just so important that, you know, we support that. So that's coming up in January. It's the first full, it's January 5th. And I think you put a call out that if people want to participate with us, they can. Do you have any details on like what they should do or where yes. they should go? Yes. So we'll make sure to post everything. And I'll actually put a registration link right into our Instagram profile. Um, we do the LinkedIn profile so you guys can always mm -hmm. check things out there. But I might actually also put up just an individual blog post letting people know two things. One, how to join our team. And two, how to donate and raise money for Family Promise. So um, check out the website, www.delladarling.com if you want information on that and also our social media. So on Facebook, it's Della Darling and then on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Della Darling Pod. But that's in January. So first we have to get through the holidays and December, but I'm excited about that. I'm excited about it too. We always have so much great Christmas stuff um, and we have somewhat of a Christmas expert with us tonight. And so I'm so excited to introduce him to you. We have Arianne Harley Emerson, recently hyphenated to Harley Emerson, with us. And he is such a dynamic member of our community. He is involved in the arts here in Delaware, specifically in Wilmington, because he's the director of music and operations for the Choir School of Delaware. So in that role, he's obviously very involved in the community. He also participates in a number of other organizations recently as um, a director for the Rainbow Corral of Delaware. And he is, I'm not sure of the term, but a reviewer for the Delaware Division of the Arts Grants. So he sits on the panel that actually helps to determine who gets grants and then reviews that grants are being used and how they're being used. So that's great. And then his very Christmassy, mm -hmm. um, participation in the arts community is as one quarter of the quartet, yes. Quattro Voci. Yes, that's correct. Quattro Voci, Italian for four voices. Yes, so um, Ariane actually is really a unique singer, a musician, because he sings as a countertenor and as a bass. Yep. And so that's just an interesting dynamic. And so within Quattro Voci, he is the countertenor. That's right. So I sing alto. For most of the for most of the music, and then some other times I kind of do some other kind of fun and experimental things. Yes. So Arian, tell us how Quattro Voci came to be because I think it's such oh, yeah. an interesting thing, and some of the stories of places you have sung oh, yes. are just so great. So Quattro Voci began in two thousand eleven, and um, and the uh, winter time lead up to Christmas. In 2011, um, some friends in, uh, of ours, uh, Ashley and Steve Ferrara, and uh, my friend Pete Selecki, we were all in this choir at the University of Delaware called Scola Cantorum. It's what they call their town and gown choir or their community choir that students and adults can be a part of. And so um, 
after we were kind of just kind of hanging out at the piano and after rehearsals we would do some singing um, and then the director heard us and was like oh my gosh can you guys please carol before our big Christmas holiday concert where all of the like choirs and music groups for the entire university um, you know, um, showcase, you know, their holiday favorites or whatever. So you guys were the warm-up group. We you were the, the hype We were the hype men and women. To get everybody the in the festive and, spirit. And we were in the lobby. We had our jingle bells going. And yes, we wear Victorian garb. So we've got the top hats and the coats. And um, and Ashley uh, has the bonnet. The bonnet and, and the Sort of the gown dress. with the petticoats yes. and everything. Yes, and it's totally everything that reminds you of Home Alone. So it feels just like you're running through the park and home alone. So it's really, really wonderful. But that was the origins of it. And then we were like, oh my gosh, we can't just be like these four people who are dressed up. We need a name. And so um, we decided on Quattro Voci because there were four people um, and it came to mind and it seemed to work. And no one can pronounce our name ever. And so that also makes for a lot of amusement as well. <laughs> so. And you guys have really grown. So this is 2018. Mm -hmm. So this is your eighth season. Yeah, I can't believe it. Um, it's crazy. And I um, have, have one story that comes to mind that mm -hmm. you went to the mall and you sang? Yes, we went to, this was Christiana Mall. And we were just like kicking like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. We should go to the mall. Um, and, uh... So did the mall hire you? No, they did not, in okay. fact, hire us. There were, in fact, other groups that were there for hire. <laughs> so, we you kind of... were just overcome with Christmas We were spirit. overcome. We felt like we needed to share the joy and magic of Christmas with all of the patrons of the mall. So, we went out there, we put our clothes on, and we started singing around, and people started crowding around us, and there was, like, a little, um... Uh, stage where they had like other choirs and things like that that we're going to sing and uh, we were just better and more exciting and better looking so people <laughs> enjoy and modest they're always us. more modest too <laughs> and we gave out some business cards and some postcards and all of that and uh, a couple of people reached out to us and all that and so that was really that was pretty early on that was one of our first gigs and the other one of our um, early gigs that was a really fun one. Uh, was we sang for the Newcastle County Chamber of Commerce. And okay. so um, our, my, my old roommate was working um, in a small capacity at the chamber, and she's an economic developer, and she was like, oh, yeah, they just, like, sang at the mall last week. They're really about, you know, the, <laughs> the economy community. and the community. <laughs> so we got hired to do this gig. And so, like, we had this fabulous, fabulous happy hour that we were um, able to go to. Um, I think the moral of the story was that we should um, go to happy hour after the gig is done. Um, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was held at the DoubleTree Hotel, um, not the downtown one, uh, the one, one on two hundred two. So we had actually never been in there. We thought it would be like a seedy place, but it was. Oh actually, no, it's very lovely. It was so much fun. It was so much fun, and people kept coming up to us. Asking us to sing. They had their kids there. Um, I think we sang Frosty the Snowman maybe 10 or 20 times. Like, it was... Yeah, you definitely, you definitely have some crowd favorites when you guys sing. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. What, do you have a favorite Christmas carol and then a favorite Christmas song? And is it too early for me to be asking these questions? No, it is not. Not in my world. Oh, God. I've oh already God. been rehearsing Christmas music. All right, I just have uh -huh. to pause. Yes. So... Um, many of you have heard this, but some of you probably don't know. Arion and I actually lived together yes, for a year. True. So in that time, we lived together over a Christmas, and, and I decorate. I don't go too mm. crazy, but I put up a tree, and I do the mantle. And the, the tree nativity. is up right now. Everything is up right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I do decorate, but Arion, when he it. moved in with me, love it. I um, he brought with him a blow-up Frosty. Yes. <laughs> So, Frosty is a staple. Frosty is part of my inheritance. In fact, my grandmother gave him to me. So early. He, early. Yeah, I know. He's so amazing. You inherited him early. I mean, like, because it's just, she really wanted to see that I was really fully enjoying this family heirloom. Well, I did not really want the Frosty. Now, luckily, my yard wasn't really big enough, That's and true. the plugging in of Frosty mm -hmm, for the light mm -hmm, and the air, mm -hmm. it would have it would have been quite the struggle. And Arion never really had enough time, and I no. I chose not to have the time to figure it out. 
Um, but I do want to know the fate of Frosty because I know last well, year yes, Thomas yes, did yes. not allow you to set the Frosty up. That's but true. now you're married and he can't get out. Yes. So, so has that changed? <laughs> um, yes, that has changed. So Thomas um, is my husband. And uh, so let me tell you, he hates Frosty. He is a big bah humbug. He doesn't want to put the tree up until way after Advent and all that sort of stuff. So um, before we were living together, um, I think this was when I was living with you, actually. I did take Frosty out and I took it to his house. And then I had put him in the front yard. And lo and behold, I came home and Frosty was no longer in the front yard. <laughs> Frosty I mean, was, in fact, on the back deck where I'm no not one could say see him. I'm not going to say that Thomas offered me money to stab it with a stiletto, <laughs> but I'm just saying there were conversations I'm sure. about the transfer oh, of yeah. money for stabbing oh, yeah. it with a stiletto. But you know, like now it has become like a big joke of ours, and so it's like whenever there's like a compromise in the house, this might be about financial things or like whose family are we going to see for X, Y, and Z. It always comes back to Frosty. And it always comes back to Frosty. It always goes. So now Frosty does have a place, not in the front yard, but in the side yard. So oh, this that's year, But you live on a corner, so... I, well, it's not on the side yard. It's the inner gets, side yard. Yes. But, but the, the side, side yard is very visible from the street. It is pretty visible, but the street that goes in front of my house is not a well-traveled this street. This is true. I think you should put it in the other side. So yard. I agree. And so I have been saying, if you don't want it in the front, I completely understand that. But I would like to move it onto what I call my side of the house, which also features the hate has no home here side. So I feel like I can put that one away in exchange for Frosty. Does this mean that Frosty is your favorite Christmas song? No. No. I think that Frosty... You know, I never really loved Frosty the Snowman. I mean, I watched the cartoon as a kid, but I just get so much pleasure out of like putting him putting him up places that drives Thomas crazy. And <laughs> I, I like I know it's so like tacky and like you know it's not a classy thing to do, but it gives me such joy to just. He's filled with delight. I it, it, and it really bothers him, so it's even more fun. So okay. that's what married life is all about, you know, pushing okay. but pushing their buttons. What um. So you mentioned that you've been rehearsing, preparing Christmas yes. songs. When you have, I'm sure there's a nicer word, a gig. Yep. Mm -hmm. Can I call it a performance. gig? A, a performance. A performance. Yeah. A performance. Well, yeah. Do you design the the set? Do they come to you with certain songs they want you to hit? No. What? No. Is there a we, most requested one? We, no, we, we will come up with it. So, okay. So, first of all, I'm going to go back. Gig, first performance. For, for things that you are not the center of attention, we call them gigs. Um, even for the choir school, we call them gigs. Quattro voci, for the most part, they're gigs. Then for, like, concerts, like, you know, mm -hmm. those are, like, performances. But most of the holidays are gigs, so that's totally cool. Um, but what we do, particularly for gigs, is we have a bunch of music. Uh, for Quattro Voce, we have a huge binder. For the choir school, we have a huge music folder. Um, Quattro Voce, I would say there's maybe... 60 to 80 pieces in there um, that we can just do at the drop of a hat. And for the choir school, we probably have about 20 um, pieces. And um, we basically uh, say, Here, here's what we have. Here's a listing of what we have. Tell us what you want to hear. And we kind of just do it. Um, and then, you know, you sing for a while, you take a break, and you kind of come back and do more singing. And um, we kind of travel around the room and all that stuff. But I love it. It's really fun. Um, my, I love singing to people who don't want anything to do with us. That's probably the most fun because uh, they are always like, no, I don't know. And then, then they kind of warm up to you. And that's Do you see that their see. heart grows? It does, just like does the it grow? Does it grow to break the little measuring device? It, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but it does grow. I do see the growth. <laughs> And like, you know, the corners of their mouths, they go up, oh they smile, and like, they then will request request a song. And then it's like, okay, yeah, clearly you didn't hate it that much if you're asking for more. So, so to switch gears, but not completely, mm -hmm. I do want to talk about another gig mm -hmm. I know you have coming up, and I will be there. So yes. everybody should come yes, and yes. check it out. But it's the Choir School Sounds of the Season. Yes. That, that might be a performance. Yes. I would call that a performance. Yes, I would say that is a performance. <laughs> Nobody's paying you. Yeah. It, well, so it's, it's not a gig. 
Well, yes, I mean... It's like, your own It's your own. It's event. my own event. Um, and the other thing that makes it different is it's like you have an announced set of repertoire and you know, it's kind of like pre-planned. It's much more formal. Yeah, it's more formal. I just like, and even if it's not even that it's formal, but it's pre-planned. It's like, we're going to do this piece and then this piece and then this piece and this is how we're going to transition and this is what we're going to do. Um, so yeah, for that concert, I'm really excited about that one. Um, so we're doing um, all of your kind of favorite Christmas carols. We'll be doing some uh, Jingle Bells, like a fun version of Jingle Bells. So we're doing some bells. fun stuff. Now last yeah. year at this event, you did a large... We did Messiah. Portion of Messiah. Yes, we did part one of Messiah, which is the longest part of Messiah. It was, so a, it was, we, a, guys, it was a bit It much. was a long part. It was a long one. So this year we're doing Vivaldi's Gloria because it's 28 minutes, which is totally better. So the first half will be um, Vivaldi's Gloria, um, and then um, the second half will be all the fun stuff. So it's like the vegetables and the good This sounds like an appropriate length then, concert, which, yes. is, which is a conversation we have yes. frequently. It's like you got to keep them wanting more, not wanting to leave. Well, you don't want people to get restless in their yes. seats because it can yes. be a very long time for us and a very long time for your kiddos. Yes, yes. The youngest ones are seven. The youngest ones are seven. So for those yeah. who don't know, I think we've talked about the choir school quite a bit on the podcast, but... Um, it is an after-school mm-hmm. program that sort of teaches discipline and dedication through yeah. the study of traditional choir music. Yep. Um, and so students ages 7 to 17, so mm-hmm. about second grade yep. through high school graduation, they come after school and they do homework help mm-hmm. with one-on-one mentors, mm-hmm. also group homework help. Yep. So maybe all the third, fourth graders are working yep. on math and you have somebody who's sort of helping answer their questions. And then you also have special interest groups that different yes. volunteers help yes. to lead. Yeah, a lot of different um, special interest groups. And we have a lot of community partners like Christianity Care. They do a variety of wellness programs. Um, we have a program for prepubescent girls, prepubescent boys. We have one that's uh, called Teen Dialogue. It's like college and career readiness. Then we have a cooking class just for the fun of it. We've got a gardening um, class. We've uh, had a, a community garden plot, and we're actually just about to build a new one once we have some construction going on right now. But we'll have like another little garden plot, and so that'll start back up again um, in the spring. So yeah, always tons going on. And then one of the things I love about the choir school, and I think really sets it apart for most sort of children's choirs, is that this isn't a children's choir. This is a semi-professional choir. Yes. So not only do you have these students who are ages 7 to 17, and Mm -hmm. you have adult volunteers who just love to sing, and so they participate in these mentorship programs. Or as I do at a lot of the special events, I run a lot of the ticket table and donations Mm -hmm. and and that kind of thing. Um, But you also have these semi-professional trained singers so a lot of people who pursue music as a degree just like you um, and we've talked about you already mentioned Ashley and Steve Ferrara who are Mm -hmm. both um, choral scholars and so they actually rehearse with the students perform with the students and so I think it's so great that they get exposure to Mm -hmm. people who have college degrees um, and are pursuing music in some form. So right. Ashley, for example, is um, high, um, elementary school music teacher. Mm-hmm. She sings with you in Quattroboshi. She sings for the choir school. So mm-hmm. she and she sings with Opera Delaware. Yeah. So she's pursuing singing, right? Vocals as sort of a secondary thing, but also music as a full time career in yes. her day job. Then you have Steve, her husband, mm-hmm. um, who oh my gosh, he's a beautiful, yeah, beautiful tenor. tenor. Incredible. There's no one who can compare. Um, But Steve works for the state of Delaware, and so his day job has absolutely nothing to do with music. Mm -hmm. But he does all of these other gigs on the side. A ton. Um, And he sings for choirs in Philly, choirs here, and he's also in in an a cappella quintet, and they're Mm -hmm. just so great. Mm -hmm. So. I love that your students get exposure, obviously, to Mm -hmm. people who are able to help them with homework and all these other things, but also to people who have pursued music as an educational path and as a career path. And the other thing that's really great is that they get to see that, like, music is a lifelong journey. It's not something that you just do in high school or college, that you can study music and you can still have a fabulous career in, you know, law or medicine or... Something else. uh, Something else, because there are so many transferable skills when you study music and, um, you know, music is actually the number one major for um, pre-med um, outside, uh, for medical school outside of pre-med. 
um, which a lot of people don't necessarily know. But I think that just there are so many, the discipline, the concentration, um, you know, when, when you become a music major in college, people are like, oh, it must be great. And you're like, yeah, it is great. And then like the second day comes and you're like, this is not great because you have all of the classes and then you still have all of uh, the rehearsals, which are like no credit or just one credit on top of tons of history classes. Um, you know, uh, acoustics was probably well, the most challenging And you, you take a lot of things that are music theory that, th so it's oh, much more, yeah. it's much more music technical. And, technical. and I know your, your focus is obviously vocals, but you're a, a decent piano player. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and you're probably proficient in yeah. a lot of other things compared yeah. to most. Um, so I always actually think of music majors as, as having a workload more like an engineer yeah. than a lot of other majors because engineers, obviously, like, they take a ton of labs. You don't, at least for where I was, we did not get any extra credit for a lab. So right. I might right. have a class that would be six to eight hours of actual in-class time right. per week. And then you have lab write-ups. Yep. You have to go back yep. and you have to check on your lab all the time. You have problem sets. You have... Um, projects we had papers i mean we had the workload on top of how many class hours it was was crazy right. and i feel like Very that's similar. that's what it is for a music major and mm -hmm. and you have to practice and you have to practice you have to choose you have to put in your own dedication yes. of practice and you have to practice something that you're like not good at so like you have to take like all the instruments and it's like i'm really really terrible at x or y or z and it's like, well, you better not be terrible in six weeks because you need to be ready to teach children how to play an instrument. <laughs> and so it actually is pretty crazy, like what you can, how 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 much proficient proficiency you can gain. Um, but I, I do think it's like really um, a wonderful mental discipline because I mean, yeah, the art of it I think is one side of it, but I think the other side to music making is really truly the fortitude and grit that it, it, it engenders in people. And I always tell people, like, if you're, if you're going to sing and you're going to be a choir or any other ensemble, um, you know, I'm like, you need to do so, like, um, do go full steam ahead. Like, just like if it were a sport, like, you know, practice every day, have a game every week. And that's the model that we use at the choir school. It's like a sports model. Um, but with right. Music. A basketball player goes home and they hit 100 free throws every night. That's right. Right. If they want to make they, the NBA. If they want to be good. Yeah. And they have a game every week and they do conditioning even when they're not in season. And so it's a lot of work to be a professional athlete. Um, but there's also like, you know, just the discipline of can I not eat? carbs can i right. you know go to bed early and like the discipline i think that a lot of times like oh the athleticism that is what is like so striking i'm like no that's not the most impressive thing T it's talent the level is 10 right talent is 10 percent but <laughs> yeah, but the, the work it's ethic. crazy yeah. it's it's really really crazy and so every time i see like athlete athletes or like you know, musicians who are doing like 250 gigs a year, I'm like, oh my God, the stamina it takes to be able to do that, to learn all that music is like, there's, there are very few jobs. There are very few jobs that you can find that have those sorts of demands. And so I think for our kids, um, you know, our kids come from a low income background. Um, so they're really needing something to throw themselves into. So I think it's really positive and constructive and they might not see necessarily um, a lot of um, discipline going or you know and at home or at their schools or a lot of people that care about continuing to build upon um a long-term career yeah, or passion you know. right so i think that's that's so, important so that leads me to one of my favorite things about you and i share this video often um so you did a ted talk a few yes, years ago yes. and I, I don't know that I remember the exact title, but it's yeah. something along the lines of, I am the leader of the best gang in America. Yes, yes. That is so the So please tell line. us about the <laughs> gang that yeah. you are the leader of. Well, I think the choir school is the best gang in America. I think it's uh, one of the, the best secrets. But I, I was invited to do a TED Talk here in Wilmington back in, oh gosh, I guess that would have been 2015 um, that I did that TED Talk. And um, at that time, I was also coincidentally invited um, to start writing and contributing to an Oxford book, the Oxford um, Handbook for Choral Pedagogy. Um, and so I was really thinking about what I wanted to do, and I was kind of very broad. And then this TED Talk actually really helped me 
kind of focus what I wanted to write about um, because I knew exactly what I wanted to speak about. I knew I wanted to speak about choir school and I knew I wanted to talk about the, pa the capacity um, that, you know, music programs have to change lives. And what I basically opened up the TED Talk with was exactly what you said. It's like, I'm part of the best gang in America. Um, and so what I ended up doing um, in my research um, and what I talked about in my TED Talk um, is that how the structure of a choir is very similar to the structure of a gang. And so um, it's kind right, of right. bizarre. So it's bizarre. So if I remember correctly, sort of what you presented us with, and I don't know uh -huh. the yeah. name of this pyramid, but it's the idea that we have various levels of need. Yes, Maslow's right? and so you have, of needs. Exactly. And so you have the very base level, which is, you know, I need shelter yes. and I need water and I need food, yes. right? It's sort of that base level. Okay, yes. so we all have that need met, we'll, right. we'll assume at this point. But then after that comes, I need, you know, fulfillment. Security. Through, right, I need to to feel safe. Yes, I, need I need. Safe. I need to have human connections. Yep. I need to have people who are loyal and support me. I need to have those family relationships. Right. Those kinds of things. And that is the part that you really equated to In the choir school. The choir school and again. or again. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, it's very, very, very similar. Like, um, like I always say, like, yeah, we definitely meet all those needs. Um, I mean, we have some really low-income students, so yeah, there are some situations where we're kind of intervening when it actually comes to like housing um, sort of situations that are going on because there's a lot of housing insecurity um, in the community that we serve, and then of course we uh, partner with the Food Bank of Delaware, so we provide actually dinner, dinner for the kids every day. Um, but be, but um, you also have to have a sense of security. Like, do I actually just feel safe? Obviously, the car school is a safe place to be. Um, and gangs, that's one of the biggest reasons why people join gangs is because they don't feel safe in their communities and they know that um, you're easier, it's easier to pluck off one person at a time than it is to a group. And that's just like, uh, that's biology. <laughs> that's why humans are in packs. That's why wolves are in packs. Um, so that's definitely there. Um, then, you know, we go to like a, a sense of, um, a belonging and you have to feel like you're part of a group so a lot of gangs will do things like wear colors uh, with bandanas and, and it is a visual representation you're very clearly yes. a part of something larger yeah. than yourself exactly. you, you feel that acceptance mm -hmm. you know dara and i we're the Della Darlings, but all of our listeners, we love our Delaware enthusiasts, so mm -hmm. maybe one day we'll have some merchandise. Yeah. And then right. and then you don't have to join a gang. You can just be a <laughs> yeah. part of the Della Darlings exactly. enthusiast gang. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's I mean, it's like very little, but you you know, those sorts of things really mean a lot. You know, rather you if you have a penny or you have a million dollars, when you put on that choir school uniform and you go out there to perform, you're gonna look great, you're gonna sound good, you feel a part of something. Um, and then you know we work our way all the way up to self-actualization so that you can actually perceive yourself properly in the world and what good things for yourself and that's kind of like what we try to achieve through one-on-one -on -one mentoring uh, through really pushing people um, to go outside of their comfort zones we have a lot of students who sing some really ridiculously challenging solos and repertoire well I just, just want to point out um, you have one student who mm -hmm. I know you adore I adore yeah. everyone, everyone adores this He's you know exactly who I'm talking about yeah. I don't even have to say his name so he's just so amazing. He has yes. a beautiful voice. And yes. you actually had a concert just before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. It was a Bach, a Bach concert. Yes. Um, and the Westminster Choir, Choir College, College. Mm -hmm. their choir came down. So it was sort of a partner concert. You guys did some pieces. They did some pieces. Mm -hmm. You did some pieces together. Mm -hmm. And um, this student of yours is a junior? He is now a senior. He's a senior this yeah. year. Um, but oh my but he, he performed solo with the Westminster Choir College Choir. And not just a solo. It was single-handedly had the most notes in it. It had melisma, so like runs. Like classical runs, right. if you think about that, everywhere. And, and he and, just... And I want to confirm, because oh, so I don't know funny. this for sure, and I'm assuming, but was the day of the concert the first time he, he practiced it and rehearsed time. it he with them? He ran through it one time with the orchestra and one time with the conductor. It's like mind-numbing. And he is 17. And he's 17. He has a bright future ahead of him. And the thing about it is he was not always that way. Um, like when he first came to the choir school, I was like, oh boy, like I don't know if we're going to make it through this year because he started my first year at the choir school. This is my sixth season there. And I thought, oh my God, like one of us isn't going to make it. Um, but a little persistence and chipping, 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 chipping away. Um, and uh, a diamond in the rough is not even adequate for an expression. Like he is getting college officers, offers from everywhere. Like his bloodline, the trajectory of his entire bloodline will be forever changed. Well, I mean, he's being recruited for his voice. For his voice. And that's something you don't hear often. You don't. And it's he's so gifted, and he can do it, and he will do it. 
And the thing that he also um, realizes is like he doesn't have to be the best as long as he works harder. And I think that's like a really wonderful message. And he works hard. He learns music on his own. He comes and he's like, I need help. And I'm like, okay, let's run through it. He's like, nope, we don't need to run through it. He's like, I need to work on this measure through this measure because he's aware enough. He's built up those skills to be aware enough of what he needs to work on because you can't just waste time doing things that you're good at. You gotta wanna work at the things that you're not good at. So really super proud of him. He's gonna have a great future and he's like the epitome of like self-actualization and you know, really using music to kind of just completely change yourself and your life. And um, that's like a generational change, like done for like, you know, just forever and forever that'll be different, you know? So that's, I'm, I'm excited. So going off that um, reference to Westminster, I think mm -hmm. that Emily is obviously very involved mm -hmm. with the choir school. She's attended a lot of your events. But I think for some of our listeners, we've, we kind of run the gamut from like yes. theater to choir. Yes. So I was wondering if you could just take a few minutes to put um, into perspective yes. what that means. And then also like, what would you say to the person who like really doesn't think of making choir part of... Yes. Daily, weekly, monthly habits. You know, oh that they think gosh. of it as just Christmas time. Exactly. Well, you know, Christmas time is definitely the busiest season. You know, once a choir during Christmas. But yeah, uh, choir and is really uh, a vocation unto itself. And Westminster Choir College is the only conservatory that has a focus that is primarily on choir in the country. So we have a lot of fine conservatories in the country, a lot of fine schools of music in the country, but it's the only one whose brand is strictly choir. And that's absolutely incredible that we even have anything like that in America. Uh, but they are very, 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 very good. Um, this would be like, this is like the Ivy League top tier school for choir. So it's like Harvard or Princeton or Yale for choir. Like you can't really do better for choir and vocal arts. And their original mission was actually to train uh, uh, church choir directors. And that was what their whole mission was. And that's how they got started. Then of course they branched out to like music education and like kind of community choirs and you know, other sorts of things related to it. But that's how they originally um, got started. So definitely a big deal. And I do think that, you know, in America, we don't do a lot of uh, corporate singing. We don't do a lot of choir singing. And I didn't realize how unusual that was until I started doing some traveling. Most of it was through choirs. Um, but when I started traveling to places like Latvia, where over 80% of people are in choirs for enjoyment, um, or because their doctor has recommended it for health reasons, like for stress relief or um, for um, needing to be able to better regulate um, um, how fast your heart is beating or um, lots of other kind of, um, you know, mental uh, wellness, psychological wellness. And uh, that's a huge part of what other countries think about corporate singing. You know, in Africa, singing is a huge piece of what people do. And so it's just fascinating, fascinating, fascinating to see um, the rest of the world sings regularly and they're a part of choirs regularly. And in the United States, we aren't as much. There definitely are community choirs out there and there are, are some fine ones here in Delaware. Um, but overall, we don't sing in choirs unless they're in churches and churches are dwindling and not as many people are at churches. So uh, the choirs are becoming almost extinct in America. So I think, you know, the community choir programs are um, really, really important. And I think we're lucky here in Delaware to have a lot of options, more so per capita than I would say most places. So you're talking about community choirs, which I love. Yes. And it leads me into yes. the Rainbow Chorale of yes. Delaware Another and your choir. involvement there. Yes. So I was the director of the Rainbow Chorale for two years, loved it, met some really, really awesome people. Um, and, you know, for me, it was a great experience because I don't just because I'm gay doesn't mean I have a lot of gay friends. So it provided me to have like a gay, an LGBTQ plus community, um, which I personally did not have. And you don't necessarily see as prominently um, throughout the state. Like we're very open-minded and no one really generally cares like, you know, if you're gay or straight or whatever, um, because it's such a blue state. Um, I would say um, more of a left-leaning state. But because of that, you also don't have like, 
you know, one area secret, of town. Secret, secret yeah, meetups and communities. exactly. Um, well, and I, so for those of you who don't know, Rainbow Corral of Delaware is a, a community choir. Anyone can join. Anyone. And so the focus is on LGBTQ and allies, right? Yep. So yep. anyone, there anyone. Are, are as, there are more. At, at one time, there was more allies in the choir than, than there were, um, um, you know, LGBT. And they perform throughout the year. And it's just a lot of people who come together and they love music yep. and they love to they sing. Love it, and, and they, they love, love each other. And they love each other and they just want to do it for doing it and I think you know like one of the questions that they always talk about in the Rainbow Corral it's like are we uh, a group of gay people who love to sing in a choir or are we a choir that happens, happens to be to gay, gay and for different people it means different things and I think that's uh, a wonderful and beautiful thing um well one of the things I loved you were the director of Rainbow Corral when we were uh -huh. living together yeah. and so you had a piano set up in my dining yeah. room um and you would sometimes have small group rehearsals yeah. here at the house and I loved it because you would also make food and then I would come home and there would be food and that was great. Mm -hmm. But the and other singing. And, and beer. And yeah, there was always alcohol, always beautiful music yeah. and always food. And you know who loved it the most though is That's Miss that. Nutmeg. And so those of you who are Nutmeg fans, here's what yeah. I'll tell you. Ariane's <laughs> rehearsal would consist of a group of people sitting yes. or standing in a semicircle around the piano, Ariane mm -hmm. playing the piano. Mm -hmm. Nutmeg, while they were singing, would bounce between the chairs. Being fawned over, and then when you would stop playing and they would stop singing, she would begin to bark. Yes, she did not like when the music came to an that end. That is true. So I I feel it's only fitting that Meg is here and she's listening yes. to Arion tell all about his love for music, and she loves it too. She really does. Um, and other than the nutmeg mm -hmm. rainbow crown memories, one of my favorite mm -hmm. rainbow crown memories, I'm sure is probably your favorite. Was it the, the Blue Rocks? No. Oh. It's when you got engaged. Oh, <laughs> yes! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally that one. Totally that one. Definitely um, not the Blue Rocks. Yeah, definitely not the Blue Rocks. Yes, <laughs> but, but I did also, get engaged. Wait, but also, because you mentioned the Blue Rocks, they sang at the Blue Rocks, and it was Cowboy Monkey Rodeo, and I got to meet the cowboy, and yes. he kissed me, or, uh, yeah, the I got monkey the cowboy kiss. monkey, and he kissed me on the cheek. Yeah, so we no. have photo evidence. We have it to happened. put that on the website. So now you know, but also, Ariane got engaged at one of the Rainbow Corral I concerts, did. which was, was the, the real cabaret. story. Yeah, so, like, um, I was super nervous, and I had started kind of, like, getting ready to propose, and I built this, like, weekend, and... I bought tickets to see a show for his birthday, to see um, The King and I um, at the Academy of Music in Philly. Um, then I had uh, booked for Christmas a gift for Thomas to stay a couple nights at the Oscar Hammerstein farmhouse. So Oscar, Oscar Hammerstein um, uh, had a farmhouse in Doylestown, so close to us and like only like an hour and a half away. And so uh, we stayed in the South Pacific room. South Pacific is Thomas's favorite musical. So on the Saturday, we saw um, The King and I. On the Sunday and the Monday, we were staying at the Oscar Hammerstein Farmhouse. So I had started creating this weekend, and I was like, this is the perfect weekend to propose. And on that Friday, uh, the Rainbow Corral of Delaware was having a cabaret, so this showcase um, and most of it was musical theater and all of that. So I was not actually performing in this. I was just conducting and um, doing some emceeing. And so um, we, uh, well, I kind of hatched this plan that I would propose. And I was like kind of giving like Indian announcements, thanking for people for coming. Then the music started and I sang some enchanted evening um, where, um, you know, I proposed and asked a question. So it was a lot scarier than it, it actually sounds. So if you're gonna do it in public, make sure that you're really ready for it because it make is Make sure scary. you really wanna get engaged. Yes. And make sure they will say yes. This is advice yes. from my father. When you ask that That's question, right. You should know the You should answer. already know the answer. You should Absolutely. never be asking that question to know the answer. And actually, my, my father just responded. He has a question for you. Oh, yes. He would like to know, now that you are married, Yes. when are you getting a puppy? I can hook you up with Nell's <laughs> So I love Nelly dog. She's so cute. Nell is one of my parents' dogs, she's and so she has a great cute. temperament, and she's, she's so very great. floofy, and she's yes. very cute, and Ariane loves her. I love her. Like, I would totally just take her and, like... That would be great. I would adopt her. Um, I want a puppy. I really want a puppy. But um, I'm pretty busy. Work-life balance is 
not uh, my strong suit, I would say. Um, and so Thomas is like, no puppy, because that really means that I will be raising a Thomas puppy. Thomas knows. Thomas and knows. he is not necessarily wrong, but he's also not 100% right. So. He's, he's. Very practical. I think he's practical and realistic for what's good right now. Yes. And um, we don't have a fence And I think that's good because I think now. in your marriage, you're kind of more of a dreamer yes. and he's more of a realist. Yes. In, in a lot of ways. And uh, almost every way. Especially in planning the wedding. Yes. So, Dara, I know um, I love pumpkin. I love squash. Yes. We talk, we, we talk about how often I eat squash. I'm waiting fall. for how this is going to connect to okay. weddings and yes. puppies. It's well, Arion's wedding was in Dreamy. October. Okay, it was okay. in October, and the vision he had Grand. included his wedding party hand-carving miniature pumpkins <laughs> so that everyone could have their own hand-carved miniature pumpkin full of butternut squash soup. Yes! Thomas told him no. Yep. And we were thrilled because I did not want to hand-carve <laughs> pumpkins for this endeavor. It only would have been 180. Like, mini Only 180, and there were... Make light there work. Were, 10 so to 12 true. of us in the wedding, so yeah. we only had, you know, a dozen each. Yeah. It wouldn't have been so bad. They're small. But, I mean, okay, so I once was at a fundraiser um, in college, and I, I went to this really fancy dinner, and they had butternut squash soup in pumpkins. And I thought to myself, one day, I'm okay. going to serve butternut squash soup. And, uh, and, and a pumpkin. You know, there's and still time, but maybe time. at a smaller dinner Yeah, party. maybe for a dinner party. Yeah. Your a first your first thing. anniversary, then you only have to carve two. And well, there you, oh, go. There you go. So there I think that's go. a good point. Uh, but speaking of the wedding, I we were talking about whether or not we were going to discuss any Delaware in the news. And in a way, your wedding was sort of recently in the yes. news that, um, I can't remember if it was this past Sunday or the Sunday before, it was the cover of, not your wedding specifically, but the cover of the life section in the yeah. news journal this. was all about moon loop photography. Yeah. And they yeah. um, they shot your wedding, so you're included yes. in the Jim Course, the Joe Del Tufo, they're amazing. Yeah, so we had a couple of photos from our wedding that were included there. Um, this video, of oh, this video, this uh, piece in the news journal was particularly about nighttime shots, and we did get a couple of, like, just magazine covers well, that are just unbelievable. You have some beautiful, almost like Wilmington magazine cover yes. photos. Like Wilmington tourism yes. should be dying. And Wilmington tourism loves that you had your wedding here. They so, do. So your wedding was at Christ Church Christiana Hundred, yep, which Greenville. is in Greenville. Mm -hmm. And and actually your wedding party, all of the girls got our hair and makeup done yep. at Blow Bar in Greenville, and we and had our nails. nails done at Kate's Lawn in Greenville. So yep. all very local. Um, and then the reception was at the Delaware Historical Society. Yes, yes. And the after party was at Merchant Bar. Yes, it was. And everyone stayed at the Doubletree downtown. And everyone stayed. So it, was, it felt like a lively night, and it was not the only wedding going on. There was a wedding at the Queen. That's right. That's and right. And, and so Arion, cool. you will love this. So the wedding at the Queen ended... Uh, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour after yours. And so uh -huh. they also all came over to Merchant Bar. And yeah. it was so funny because I had gone to the after party, but I was going to NASCAR the next day. Mm -hmm. So I had to get home and get to bed. Um, and so as I was leaving, they were all exiting their wedding to come mm -hmm. to Merchant Bar. Mm -hmm. And I saw the bride and groom and I thought, oh, she looks lovely. And that's so nice. And I got in my Uber with a couple from that wedding yes. actually heading home. We had shared a, We had shared an Uber. And went home, and my mother told me later that their wedding was much more traditional. Uh, and I thought, I, I, I thought, how could that possibly be? I mean, they had a full Episcopal mass. Yeah. I mean, it was. We all marched in. We held our flowers at, at yep. a specified height. You know, yes. we did all of the traditional things. You yep. had the choir school sang. You had beautiful yep. choir music. Ashley uh -huh. and Steve both sang. Uh -huh. it, it, I'm thinking, how could it possibly have been more traditional? Yep. And when I asked her that question, she told me there was a bride involved. And, <laughs> and I remembered that that's right. That would that makes it much more <laughs> traditional. Yeah. It was. But I mean, I well, just... Well, their wedding was also at the Queen. It was. So I'm so sure I'm it was a beautiful event, but definitely a very different atmosphere very, from very a different. very traditional sort of cathedral yeah. wedding to a yeah. wedding at a concert venue. Yeah. And even like, I think their wedding, they mentioned that the ceremony was also at the Queen as well. So I'm sure they had to come up with some kind of different ways of how to like do all of that. 
Oh, I'm um, sure the stage was yeah, utilized. I'm sure, and that was I'm sure. I wonder if guests were like move, moving their own tables around. I don't even you know? know. So I don't know. I didn't see any pictures of it in the magazine. They didn't invite us to their wedding. <laughs> yeah, we weren't invited. But I mean, it was really cool to see that. And Wilmington felt like it was alive. And um, I really felt like I could feel the energy of the city. I felt like everyone was rooting for us. We were out taking these pictures in the night, and there was like this little mist that was falling. And like our pictures look so great with this tiny little like very epic yeah it looks like like diamonds in the sky um you know like there's a black and white photos and it looks just like we're surrounded by like gleaming diamonds and we were in the middle of the street cars were coming and like the photographers were just like oh they just got married do you mind if we just take a couple moments to like you know take some photos and everyone was like yeah great woo so i was like this is great like only in wilmington like only in wilmington because i mean like i mean people have places to go and they don't want to be inconvenienced so the fact that they didn't care about that the fact they didn't care that it was like a gay marriage the fact that they didn't care right it just was like i just felt like good vibes and energy coming from i think we're so blessed here because we have a city i mean a lot of people forget wilmington is a real city we have a lot of those benefits but we're also such a small town atmosphere in that everybody knows everybody you can be you know, we always sort of made this joke about Wilmington's old tagline, which was a place to be somebody. And it's that it's such a small city that anyone can be somebody. Yeah. But that's such a powerful and great thing. And and um, honestly, I just love that. And and yeah. you you have really become somebody in this community. Well, it's been, you know, through work and networking with people, definitely the arts community. Um, you know, just getting really involved with... Um, uh, various ensembles, the Delaware Division of the Arts, the Delaware Arts Alliance. Um, you know, it, it's allowed me to meet a lot of people. Um, a lot of people who are passionate about, you know, music, yeah, but also about other art mediums as well. Um, I've met a lot of poets, a lot of visual artists, all of that. So it's really a great place to be. And I always like to tell people, like, if I would still be living in Wilmington if I were not going to get married. I, I love it here. I choose to work here. I socialize here. I, you know... I still, a lot of what I do is, is still in Wilmington because it's, I think it's one of, I don't know, maybe our next tagline should be like best grungy city in America, something like that, because it's great. We're not grungy, best little city. Best little city, I'll take that. But it's just, I think it's a wonderful place to be. It's really up and coming. Um, I think that, yeah, you can, um, you know, work really hard and become somebody, um, what you know, whatever that might mean. But uh, people are approachable, um, you know, you can go up to Ben DuPont and have a conversation about him, about, you know, what's going on at the country club. You know, you can see Joe Biden, you know, getting ice cream. Uh, you can see Leap. Uh, Lisa Blunt-Rochester, our congresswoman, you can uh, accidentally sit next to her at a at a fundraiser for St. Michael's School of Nursery. And, you, like, these you are can, just crazy. You can help Tom Carper at the self-checkout in the trolley store. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it happens. So, I mean, like, that. I, I think that's incredible. That's amazing. Um, it's very supportive. It's a really great place to be. And um, I don't know. That's why it's great to have a podcast like Della Darling that just brings us all one, one step closer to each other. And we do love Delaware, and we love the podcast, and we love all the stuff we have coming up. And we have a little treat for our listeners that ties back to Arion. Yes. In the form of a code. We do have a coupon code. So um, we all love, you know, the value of a dollar. We're very frugal sometimes. And so we have a code for you guys. If you are interested in coming to the choir school Sounds of the Season concert on December 15th, it is at First and Central Presbyterian in Wilmington. Right on Rodney Square. At 8 p.m.? At 7.30. At 7.30 p.m. Don't come at mm-hmm. 8. You will have missed half the concert. Yep, you will. So come at 7.30 or before. I will be working yes. at the ticket table. And if you are interested in attending, mm-hmm. you can get a discount. Discount, discount. So when you go buy the ticket, mm-hmm. which we will, of course, link for you. Yes. Um, you can type in the coupon code DARLING obviously, for the Della Darlings, and you will get $10 off your ticket, which is pretty exciting. It is. And you can come and support the choir school, hear some great music. Yep. If you're from out of town and visiting your parents, Mm -hmm. it's great for the parents. It is great for If you're from in town and your parents are visiting, still great for the parents. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have some fun holiday songs for the kids, so you can bring... Everybody. Yeah, I promise uh, both tears and laughter. You'll love it. 
it'll be great. And again, I'll be at the ticket table. So just come, come say hello, use that coupon code to get a little discount. And what else do we have coming up, Dee? We, well, so there's a little art thing that I'm excited about going to this weekend. Um, Jane Cavanaugh has a gallery in Newark, and I actually, I wrote about her gallery this time last year for the Newark Post. Um, we're actually, it's located, her husband is an accountant, and she's an artist, and she needed a gallery, so she figured why not just have it in his accounting firm. This is brilliant. Yes. Um, so it's on Barksdale Road. You really wouldn't know that it's there, but it's a delightful little story. The opening of her latest show, Through the Eyes of Two Sisters, is next weekend, Friday, December 7th from 5 to 8 p.m. and Saturday, December 8th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. The show then continues through April 1st of next year. At janecab.com and then, I mean, the taxing is a year-round business. So, or he's a tax accountant. Um, yes. So yes, but D also it looks like you actually wrote sort of an article last year for the Newark Post about this show. Yes. Yes. So you can check out Dara's article. She does a little freelance. And Newark Post is one of our favorite favorite news sources. Um, they cover all things Newark, and and for being such a small town, that's something so special. And we actually went to high school and worked on the newspaper with their editor in chief. Yes, we did. So that's exciting. And I know for me, I actually am gonna I'm gonna tease you guys, and because I'm saying it here, it has to happen now. I went to Namor's mansion last week with my mother for their holiday decorations. They actually put them up the weekend before Thanksgiving. So I went a couple days before Thanksgiving and we did a house tour and, and took a garden tour of the grounds and they had all their holiday stuff up and it was so beautiful and I learned so much and I really just want to share it with you guys. So I am going to do a blog post about my visit. I know. And... In case you guys wondered, Nemours is not the only beautiful place to visit at the holidays here in Delaware. We've nope. got Longwood, yep. Winchester, Mount Cuba Mount you can Cuba, go to, Hagley. Hagley's great. I believe the the railroad, the Wilmington and Western Railroad, does a little Christmas lights tour. I, I have been on that. There are a lot of children on it. If There's you have also, kids, well, um, you know, it's Tara, a good, it's a good need, thing for kids. Yes, we need to highlight more activities for children. I there there also I've learned that there are adults only railroad events, which yes. I am very intrigued by. Yes, we need to go on those, but also we need to recommend more children's type events. Christmas we don't have kids, Odessa. so we forget. Christmas, Christmas in Odessa. Odessa. My parents did a house one. tour in Odessa yeah, last beautiful. year. Um, and I believe there's a Christmas house tour in Wilmington, maybe through the Junior League. Oh, I'll have I to I'll that. have to check on that and and obviously we will check we'll post links for you guys. Mm -hmm. So we definitely encourage you make sure you check out some of the great estates that we have here in Delaware oh, to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. It's such a special thing that we have the Duponts and um, mm -hmm. I think people forget how really influential they were not only to Delaware but really the to world. the whole country and to the world. Yeah. Did you know that when they started selling Teflon they sold out by nine a.m. Isn't when did crazy? they go on sale? Like 8 a.m.? I guess. <laughs> I guess. Like, I guess it was like an overnight, like, you can, like, I don't know, sort of a thing. But I, there was a whole piece on NPR last week just about how Teflon and nylon Well, we'll post that world. for you guys, too. And I also, just to wrap this up and give you one last thought, I want to wish you a happy Delaware Day. Next time we talk will be after Delaware Day. And this is, this is one of the best days of the year. We celebrate the founding of the great state when we signed the Constitution and we became the United State of America. <laughs> when Caesar Rodney rode through the night with his veil covering his terrible facial scars from his skin cancer. And if you have any questions about that story, um, you should probably ask Delaware Historical Society before you ask mm. us. But also head back to our episode from a month or two ago where we had Jen Ferris, who's a local history mm -hmm. teacher and beauty pageant queen. Mm -hmm. And musician. And musician. She is a beautiful singer and mm -hmm. she directs the choir at First State mm -hmm. Military Academy. Yeah. Um, but we talked all about Delaware history, including Caesar Rodney riding through the night. That's crazy. So with that, we will wish you a happy holidays and a yes. happy Delaware Day. Happy Delaware Day. Thanks for listening to the Della Darling podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, we are at Della Darling Pod on Instagram and Twitter and the Della Darling on Facebook. <laughs>